We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, Deal Dash, and my tweet at 4.06 p.m. that the Milwaukee Bucks were going to beat the Miami Heat. It turned out to be a good tweet. I'm here as always with Rohan Kadi. I just had to give myself some flowers to open the show. Rohan, how's it going? I'm good. I want to give you some flowers too because that you, you took some flack for that initially. Oh, yeah. But you you kept it. Not only did you keep it up like a champ, you get to gloat about it now. The thing is, and I want to explain the reasoning because I know if it if it had gone south, I know what I would have gotten. Right, the Bucks tinted glasses, the homerism. That's what people would have thought. Here's the thing, right? The Bucks are really good, like a great team, all time great team. We saw it for a long time. As Nick Wright helpfully pointed out, they lost seven of their last nine. I think the circumstances. Obviously, vastly different in, in some of those losses and, and in some of the other ones. Most of them were coming because the Bucks just were not playing a lot of their best guys. But regardless, they had not been playing their best ball both when the season was paused and uh, the resumption, the seeding games. Although they had some some good moments. And my my thinking the whole time, the whole game, even when they went down big, they're just too good to keep playing this poorly. And credit to Miami who played well. They're down some guys, whatever. No one cares. The Bucks just were not playing well, right? Like, they just weren't playing well. They weren't getting 
like straight up just beat at everything. They they were not close to their best basketball. And I just kept thinking, they can't just not keep playing well, right? Like this doesn't happen. Team doesn't just lose it and not be good anymore. I just I knew it was in there, and I figured it would come out. I mean, we know how much of a competitor Giannis and the rest of these guys are. I just didn't think they would allow that complete ass whooping that was the first half to completely ruin the game for them. And I figured it would be the moment that flipped the switch. I've been looking at this game as this is the game where I think they're going to start to put it together. I think the Toronto game that's coming up next, we'll see a similar effort, hopefully more like the second half and not like the first half. They'll probably take the Wizards game off because it's a back-to-back. But this just seemed like a good time to start the ramp up. They waited about an extra half longer than I would have liked, but I feel good about that hypothesis. That's that's very well said. They were continuing to do the ramp up. I, You know what? If we're tooting our own horn here, when we were talking about scheduling, I said that this Miami game would be the one where they really start to put it together. If oh, you recall. that's even farther back than my takes. So here we are. So we, like you said, they finally started to actually play like the Milwaukee Bucks, who we know, the completely dominate the other team, just kick the whatever out of everyone else um just you know you just you gotta you gotta just you gotta believe that this team would come back and they did they it was starting to worry me a little bit not gonna lie it was starting to worry me we've talked about this before it's just we needed like a bigger sample size of games to see like okay is this gonna be the game is this gonna be the game where they actually start to try and actually play good bucks basketball and this was the game yeah it was and i think the cons- the most concerning part for me about this snot. By the way, that was really delayed. Snot. Kick the snot oh, that's what you're going to say. Yeah, yep. of course, of course. <laughs> um, shouts to Rohan's older family members who must be listening for that correction to come so earnestly. Um, the thing that was concerning for me is I think the first half when it got really bad, we saw the old bad like ECF bucks where they just they didn't really seem to be doing anything cohesive on offense. And we, it was like exactly, it reminded me a lot of that Raptors series. And I know we, it's just going to come up forever. But when they can't put anything together on offense and their offense gets stalled out, they end up trying to overcompensate by like driving and kicking. And a lot of times they're not very good at that. Some of the guys who are doing it. And it just leads to all these transition opportunities and even a great defense like the Bucks. If you give up a ton of transition opportunities, it's not going to go well. So it just seemed like to me, like, maybe, you know, get Giannis moving off the ball a little bit more. They definitely did more of that in the second half. They got down to Brooke Lopez more, who Bam Adebayo is great, and he didn't. He wasn't even always on Brooke. Nobody else on the Heat is, like, really going to hang with Brooke Lopez in the post. Bam has a shot, but, like, Kelly Olenek, no thanks. None of the little guys are going to do it. They're not as stout little guys. I mean, Iguodala and Jay Crowder are good defenders, but they're just too small. Um and it was just good to see the Bucks. They, they embraced the things that made them good. I think the lockdown on defense in the second half is really what led to the uproarious comeback. But, I mean, that's just like that's the level we knew this team could get to. We've seen it happen. And it's good to know that they're still able to flip that switch. Hopefully, they're going to just flip it on and keep it there for quite a while. Do you want to hear a bonkers stat that Frank Madden tweeted that I just retweeted? Hit me. Giannis went 13 for 13 on two-point shots today and has made his last 19 straight shots within the arc. <laughs> Is that good? I was told Bam Adebayo was a Giannis stopper. I'm a little confused 
at how those things go together. 19 consecutive twos. 19. That's insane. Oh my goodness. Okay, yeah, you're right. That See, there's not when you said that you had a bonkers stat. I was like, "Okay, sure." Nothing much surprises me at this point, but that's just that's wild. <laughs> Nothing Yana should surprise us, but it does. 19 consecutive. Ugh. Yeah, he's not bad. Some of the he's spin moves he, he was actually, busting he actually out. He might be pretty good. He might be solid. Some of those spin moves he was busting out, I think one of them, they showed the replay a few. I ended up on TNT for some of this game. I felt dirty. I missed, I missed my Fox Sports Ooh. Wisconsin experience. It's just better. It's just better than the national. But it really is. I tuned in to uh, TNT for the last like minute and a half when they put uh, you know the bench in just yeah. to like just to feel the gloat. <laughs> oh, what a move! So I I actually took in part of this game. I was driving. I took in part on the radio, and I almost crashed my car. This is the third quarter, I think, and I'm listening to Radio Ted, who's phenomenal. Shouts to him, and I hear him say Ursan. And I'm like, Ursan, who? Do the Heat have someone named Ursan? I know Ursan Ilyasova is not playing in this game for the Milwaukee Bucks against such an athletic team. That's a horrible matchup for him. He did play. It was it was bad. I think that's all we really need to say. I hope we don't see him if there's a playoff series here. But, um, yeah, Giannis, pretty okay. The spin moves, he was putting Bam in the spin cycle. That They showed the replay that I, that I finally remembered what I was talking about when I started talking. Um, and Bam was, like, half motioning, like, for, like, help defense. And I think half motioning just for, like, help in general, like, somebody help me, anyone. Like, I, I just, I need help in general when I'm in this scenario. I don't, like, help defense isn't even enough. Like, self-help. Help yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just like, oh, I'm so fired up. This is, yeah, this is just great. Um, but yeah, no, I just did the, the spin moves that he was, he was just doing it just to flex, I think. Because there were, like, two in transition where he didn't really need to. But he just did it anyway. Like he had, he could have drawn a little bit of contact to split the defenders at one point in transition. I think it was Bam and uh, Kelly Olynyk at one yeah. point, and he just, he he just spun and split the double just because, you know, like just just because he can, just because he's like one of the only human beings, if not the only human being that can do that. <laughs> if only he had skills, though. If only he had skill. Otherwise, he's just running and dunking all the time, right? That's that's all he can do. That's Unfortunately, that's it. Um, Shout I, out to uh, actually... Nikias Duncan, by the way, who said that Chris Middleton is the best James in the league. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I will say, I mean, Nikias, like, noted Heat guy. Tremendous NBA con. Somebody should hire him to do full-time NBA Hire stuff Nikias. yesterday. Hire Nikias. But, um wild that, you know, I mean, not wild, but he's always, he's been pro-Chris at times, I think stronger than most people on Bucks Twitter, myself included. He's been very pro Chris for a long time. That very good take by him, um, just just in general, just consistently over the years. But we should talk about Chris. Uh, I'm glad you brought him up. I know you have the box score, but I think Chris like 28 ish points on like four shots, not four, but basically like the ratio remains ridiculous for him. So he had 33 points. On 9 of 14 shooting from the field and 10 of 10 from the free throw line. So it's weird. Just that stat, I just realized that Chris Middleton shot more free throws than Giannis. Oh, uh, wow. With Giannis was 7 of 9 uh, from the charity stripe. Uh, but Chris, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. 
five of six from three, including Ooh. one that was just insanely ridiculous. He was trying to draw a foul. Oh um, yeah, over Bam. Was it Bam? I believe. Or was it Solomon? Yeah. Was this was this late in the game? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember who it was over, but the sh- it, like it was it was lower than Giannis's three, which is saying something. Yeah, it was just. He he tried to draw a foul and then he just threw up a shot and banked it in. It was just it was wild nuts three. He could not miss, including like a lob pass to Giannis that somehow <laughs> went in. Those are some that's like one of my most like favorite plays in basketball when <laughs> like players try to throw a lob and it just goes in. Uh you just yeah. just watch the reactions from both teams. It's just hilarious. Um but yes. Did you see Chris, Chris was, right after he right after he did that? Yeah, he was just he like, almost uh, like he apologized to Giannis. He was, he was like, like, "My uh, bad. I know that okay. was two for you." No, that that was a bad pass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it just it somehow it resulted in points because Chris was an absolute flamethrower this game. Nine of fourteen from the field, thirty-three points. Like I said, just he was struggling to find his stroke from three a little bit. He had some hot starts, but then sort of faded as the second half would go on. In previous outings, so far in the bubble, I should say, and. But tonight it was just he started hot and he ended hot. He was just he was just hot. Yeah, this was huge too because I mean Chris's consistency on not even a game to game but a quarter to quarter basis. I mean this is something we've been looking at. This is going to be super important for the Bucks. I mean this is they need those two guys, Giannis and Chris, to come through every night to win a championship. And really, you're going to need some other guys too. But those need to be the guys who are there every single night. You can have. This is a great Pat Connaughton game. You're going to have some of those, but like you can't expect however much, like whatever, 10, 12 points Pat had. You're not going to get that every single night against a team like the Heat. You know, it's going to come and go a little bit. I will say he might need to play more in this potential playoff series. He was absolutely very, very good in this game on both ends. Even his even his over-jumping made Duncan Robinson step out of bounds. Maybe there was a, a strategy to it all along. Maybe we were wrong the whole time, but... Um, but Chris and Giannis and he just got a need clean to be block there. on Duncan Robinson. That was called a uh, foul. The Bucks did a really good. That guy is terrifying. Like just absolutely horrifying to watch him play offense against the team that you cover. Um, but they did a really good job. I thought especially Pat and Wes Matthews is like flying around on his hip. Like if those two guys play all forty eight minutes on Duncan Robinson, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, that's fair. He still ends up with twenty-one points on seven eleven from seven of eleven from like, the field. I, like, what can you even do? Five of nine from three. Like, I, like, I, I, and I, I, I stand by it. I think they played him pretty well. He just does this. Yeah, it's just for some reason he's just the greatest shooter of all time. Like, the, the, props the to thing him, that, honestly. Like, seriously. He, yeah, shots to my to the Miami Heat for finding him and developing him, and it, for him for actually realizing his skills. Like. Great player. So they did a great job. He's an absolute weapon in this Heat offense where they just need quick trigger shooters. And Duncan Robinson just fits that bill. So if you can manage to just limit him just a little bit, you'll be fine. And that's what I think, like you were saying, like West did a great job just just moving with him. Like at least you have like a guy like Kyle Corver to re- really tell you like, oh, this is what you need to do to defend me sort of thing. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't know. They they could have done a better job because he was getting some wide open looks at times. But yeah, yeah so they didn't do a great job all forty eight minutes. But especially yeah, late but in the game, o- Chris overall, lost him on the ones. Yeah, yeah. The, the first half doesn't really count when we're talking about actual defense because the first <laughs> half was just atrocious defensively. Yeah, 
And still, but even that at times, like when it was Wes and Pat Connaughton, I thought those two did a, did a really good job. When things got bad, it sometimes, like it when like a, if it was transition or if like a play just broke down and nobody was set, then they lost him too much. I think team wide, they just need to be more aware of him. Like if you're the closest person, and I saw to credit to Brooke Lopez, who actually did this one possession, but like if you're the closest person to Duncan Robinson and the Heater on offense, you just got you got to be right on him. There's no exceptions. I actually saw. Brooke like crowd him at the arc once and I was like that's a really smart play from Brooke Lopez who I mean how many times do you see like even like a so-so shooters open and a center is the closest guy and they kind of just fade back into the paint you know like it's like this is what I do like I'm not going to go out there really good awareness by Brooke Lopez but I want to briefly circle back to Chris and the fouls and leading the team in, in attempted free throws He's been going out of his way to do that in the bubble, and and not just in the bubble, but like especially in these games we've been watching. It's a very positive sign. I mean, that's one thing. People say this about Giannis fairly often. I don't think they're wrong, but like, you know, if he tried to get more fouls, he would, right? Like, he doesn't really, he doesn't really, you know, play it up at all. Like, he never stops going to his motions, especially when he's attacking, and like oftentimes. You know, if a player like Giannis on that level, like if you're driving and you get bumped and you like fall backwards, they're just going to blow the whistle. Like that's just how it goes. Giannis just doesn't really do that. Credit to Chris Middleton who's been doing that a ton. Really frustrating defenses and other teams. But that's the way everybody else is going to play. That's what you can do when you're that good on offense. That's what you should keep doing. And also, of course, shouts to Brooke Lopez who just, I don't know how anyone still falls for it. Like when he holds his hands out there with the ball. Uh, don't stick your hands in that. Like he's going to get two free throws or one free throw and an end one. Like I couldn't believe that like the heat players were still falling for this trap. If he sticks those arms out there, Brooke Lopez, that's two free throws. If you, if you don't just put your arms straight up, like there's, there's no other option. Yeah. He's just, it just shows how crafty he is and still has that, that uh, post up game that he, that has been forever lauded since his Brooklyn days, Chris Middleton, uh back to what you were saying about him he's just on the season i think he's averaging what is he averaging 3.6 free throw attempts uh on the season um and even just in these last three games and this isn't even including the the game we just watched against the heat yes uh he's up to (laughs) 4.7 so he's drastically like he's trying to increase his attempts from the free throw line just getting being more aggressive We've we've said this before, but like Kyle Korver saying uh, when he first arrived to the bubble that Chris looks like explosive. Like you can see mm-hmm. it. Not only can you see it in like how he actually looks on the court in terms of like his body, but he just he's driving to the rims with so much efficiency. He's just trying to draw contact. He's actually finishing. He's hitting these tough faders. It's just just complete three level scoring from Chris Middleton now. Yeah, the one thing he needs to improve on, and it was a lot better in the second half. The first half, still a little sloppy with some of the passes. He misses Brooke uh, when Brooke was cutting to the rim adjacent to him. Well, that was kind of an ugly play altogether. And he threw one away on, on the beautiful Giannis Chris pick and roll that we stand for. But altogether, and again, like I said, especially in the second half, the whole team cleaned up the turnovers. They ended, how many did they have total in this game? How many what? Turnovers? Turnovers. Uh, they had 14. 14. So they had over 20 in the last game or two, I believe. Maybe both. Uh, Yeah. Against Brooklyn, they had 18 turnovers. Okay. So close. And they didn't, uh, again, that was kind of a half and half game. I thought Houston, they went over, they had like 23, I think it was. I believe that's correct. 
because uh, yeah, I think or they were twenty two or twenty three. It was and it's it was one of it was their second highest Keep figure they've hit. So either they had twenty three, they had twenty two. So their highest all season was twenty three. I knew they were one away from their worst turnover game of the year. So and again, I mean, I think we noted this. Did we pod after the Houston game? We did. Yeah, so we noted this then. I mean, that's the only way Houston can defend. They can't. They're not vertical, but. Um, still, it was nice to see that get cleaned up. I mean, a lot of those 14 turnovers in this game came in the first half. They just they just tightened up everything. Like, I didn't think there was – I mean, strategically, they, they ran more pick and rolls and stuff. But, like, they all just seemed more focused. One thing I had noticed in the Brooklyn game and that carried over to the first quarter, especially first half of this game, was Giannis was not all the way there on defense. Like, he was taking – some plays around the rim off. He was slow to close out. He gave up a really open three to Kelly Olynyk in the first half. And I, I just think it all starts with him, the whole team. I mean, he is the Bucks in a lot of ways. And when he tightens up, when everybody comes out there and is tightened up and is focused, it's just a whole different team. And and they just they just gnash up your offense like in their maw and it's it's over. And that's what happened. And and it was so much fun. It, it's been so long since we got like a consistently fun even half of basketball like this. I mean, they dominated that second half. It was a welcome sight. I had missed it a lot. It was it was great to see because we hadn't seen it since like what was it? At least like five games before the hiatus, uh, because you yeah. know, like you said earlier, just injuries and stuff. So it's been a while since we've seen peak bucks. And this was was this? Would you say this is peak bucks? I'd say it was a half of peak bucks, yeah. yeah I think, well, yes, yes. The I, second half. I think maybe maybe on offense they could have been a little bit better even in the second half, but peak bucks to me still starts and ends with the defensive side of the floor. I mean, they're the best. Have you seen like the TPA charts and like the defensive rating charts? I know mm-hmm. Shane Young does one, and it's always like the bucks they're are just literally like way, off the chart. way off the chart when it comes to defense. They're always good at offense. I think they're like third right now in the advanced stats. Just ridiculously off the chart on defense. I mean, that's really where this team's strong suit is and defense, defense wins championships. Wins championships. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's a cliche, but things are cliche for a reason because they've been true for a very, very long time. But uh it was I think on that on that end though, that they certainly they gave up some decent looks in the in the second half. You're gonna give up some, but overall I thought they really locked down and, and they really clamped up the passing lanes and that was something that was the Eric Bledsoe factor they had been dearly missing. Yes, we did get to see. We haven't potted since the return of Eric Bledsoe. We have seen him return in that first game against Brooklyn. Uh, he only played 18 minutes against uh, Brooklyn in his first action back. And today against the Heat, he plays... Uh, 23. 23 minutes. So, you know, he's starting to ramp back up again. And it's nice to see. He does look like a little smaller uh, on the court, but that's to be expected, you know, conditioning, coronavirus, you know, hope he's yeah. happy, he's healthy. Um, but yeah, he just, he brings that defensive ferocity that was missing at the point of attack. And he he just brought that back. And once you activate that, like he did really in the second half, started to dig down on defense, anticipate passing lanes, it was all over for Miami. No, yeah. I mean, he was, he was absolutely at the point of the spear. He starts off rough. I don't have like the exact numbers, but I know he had one turnover in the game. Pretty sure it came in the first quarter. I mean, he was overexerting himself a little bit on offense, but I think he definitely tightened it up. He ended up hitting at least one really big three late in the game. But Bledsoe ends up with nine points, eight rebounds, five assists on three for eight from the field and two for three from deep. 
that just feels like a vintage solid blood cell game. You know, with the with the defensive activity as well. I believe he had two steals. That's just like that's that's really what you need. I mean, cut down on some of the two point misses. He got, like I said, especially early, a little overzealous in attacking the basket where he really didn't have a clear lane, but I think he was just trying to get himself back into rhythm. Which but is other fine. than that. He wanted yeah. to attack. No, exactly. I, I, just, I think he could have picked his spots a little bit better, but especially in like his, his second game back, you know, knock the rust off, do what you got to do. I'd say a very solid Eric Bledsoe game. Yeah, for sure. Um, we did get to see, like, one thing that I noticed from Bledsoe uh, is just in the second half, like he, along with George Hill uh, and Dante later in the game, like later in that half, they just abuse Tyler Hero. Yeah. <laughs> they put that... him in jail in the second half. He couldn't do anything. Like he they were blocking his passing lanes. They were getting uh George Hill like took took the ball away from him <laughs> once and then just like easily anticipated his passes. And I think he he was like visibly frustrated after like George Hill just like, you know, put the clamps on him. Shout out to Jimmy Butler who didn't play this game. Remember remember when Jimmy said he was putting the clamps on Giannis in that Bulls series in 2015? That's a callback. Oh, um, wow. Look at you. I'd totally forgotten about that. Yeah. I just it just popped in my head right now when I said clamps. Um but <laughs> but yeah, the the point guard defense was on full display and that starts and ends with Eric Bledsoe. I have some more fun stats. Ooh, let me hear. Them. So Duncan Robinson, 7 for 11 from the field, 5 for 9 from deep, leads the Heat in scoring with 21 points. Do you know what his plus minus was? Ooh, it's... Was it... Uh, I, I don't know. Minus 20. Really? Do you know how good the other team has to be for you to make five threes in 33 minutes? You score 21 points, and you score 21 points in your minutes, and you get outscored by 20 that's nuts. That's wild. That's like the Bucks just have that other gear. The Heat shoot 45.7% from deep. The Bucks shoot 40%, which is a good game for them, but clearly like not even as good as Miami, and they just blow them out. Like that's you need to you need to not let the Bucks hit any threes, and you need to hit a lot of threes to consistently beat this team. Like even doing one thing is not enough. As we saw, the Heat hit a lot of threes even after going a little bit cold late. They still end at 45%. They lose by 14. Just this team is this team is nuts. They came all the way back. The Bucks did. And speaking of coming back, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Shouts to somebody, I forget what the ad is. I think his name is Jack. He tweeted me, Bet, thanks for saying the Bucks were gonna win. I bet on him. He actually sent a screenshot of like the slip. He actually did. So he wants some money. Shouts to him. I hope he's subscribed to the podcast now. But Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, maybe, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Pandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That is promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Speaking of good deals and good calls, DealDash.com. If you've never heard of it, it's time to check it out because it's the best, most honest bidding site. You can win things 
you would never expect, just like this Heat game, at a price you'd never believe. They have oh, they have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is the auction clock restarts after 10 seconds, so every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer, or the item is yours. If you are, if you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. All you have to do is go to DealDash.com and use offer code Euro G Y R O, of course, or DealDash.fm/Euro. That's D E A L D A S H.fm/Euro. Okay. Well, I catch my breath for 15 minutes. What should we talk about next, Rohan? Should we tackle the Nets game? Sure. Why not? Do we care? Do we? I mean, it didn't seem like the Bucks did. No, this Bucks certainly didn't. And you, you actually, you go ahead. I don't want to. I feel like I've been monopolizing the convo a little bit. You, you go ahead. You can start this off. Okay. So we did see, as I said earlier, we did see the return of Eric Bledsoe in this game. Uh, however, we did see that Brook Lopez was out. Was it? It was just rest, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm and pretty, Wesley think, Matthews and West as was well. out too. Mm-hmm. I think they did. They call one of them an actual thing. I cannot recall. <laughs> I almost feel like they called Wes. They might. They might have called. I mean, they're both clearly fine. They played big minutes in this game, but yeah, they, they sat out basically for rest. Yes, and uh, on Brooklyn side of things, it was Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, and Jared Allen all out due to injury slash. I think it was they were all injuries. Um, so we saw a starting uh, lineup for the Brooklyn Nets consist of Tyler Johnson, Garrett Temple. Timote Luawu Cabro, Rodion Skorugs, and Lance Thomas. Look at the pronunciation. Oh, yeah. Got to. That was nice. Thank you. Um, so that team, uh, in the first half, where we actually had uh, Giannis and Chris play, um, the Bucks were actually, what were they? They were outscored by... Um, 11 or 9 they were down 9 74 to 65 after one half in which Giannis and Chris actually play like around 16 minutes each Robin Lopez plays 10 minutes George Hill plays 12 minutes Eric Bledsoe plays 13 minutes and they're down 9 I'm not really going to count the second half because you know who cares Giannis and Chris G G League on G League man yeah it's it's fine uh we did see the the good the bad and the ugly from DJ Wilson in that half um but yeah, in that first half, you just had the Brooklyn Nets going absolutely nuts from three. What uh, what was it specifically? They made 14 threes in the first half. The Brooklyn yeah, they Nets made seven did. in the second half. Yeah. So even though the Bucks hit 10 threes in the first half on their own, if the Nets, if any team, it doesn't even matter who the lineup is, if they're hitting 14 threes against you and putting up 74 points in a game where your main players, like your two best players, are actually playing and playing significant minutes, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, I just want to say, Bucks played terrible most of this game. I believe they, let me verify right, they still actually won the Giannis and Chris minutes, which is kind of astounding. And that's the one reason, above all else, coming into this game today, I was posting about it in the Discord, I think. I was like, I'm not that worried. The Giannis and Chris minutes in the bubble, they won handily. I think 
the net rating for all groups with Giannis and Chris across the bubble games was like plus 12.6. So they're outscoring teams by 12 points per 100 possessions, nearly 13 with those two on the floor. So I was like, okay, that kind of throws out a lot of the Sterling Brown noise, right? Like even, I don't think those two were even playing at their best, but they still are just crushing teams when they both play. So I was like, okay, I'm not that worried. Even in this game, they outscored them. But I want to give some credit where it's due. A couple of guys on the Nets, I think, got themselves paid. I actually don't think they're hitting free agency, but hopefully they get themselves paid eventually. I'll get some minutes. Luau Cabarro, and I think I butchered it, but and Jeremiah Martin, like really, I think actually NBA caliber wing players who are like real NBA players. I think just saying, and I, I mean, I made the same joke about G Leaguers, and obviously anyone who knows me knows I have a lot of respect for the G League. I think those two are actually like real NBA players. I think they're going to play sort of real minutes next year, but still, all this to say. The Bucks just did not play good. I mean, they, they didn't handle the ball well. Even the Giannis and Chris minutes, you should beat that Nets team by more than four. But I will say that Nets team came out firing, man. And it was a close game late. It was sort of a fun game, despite how brutally ugly it was. But it was just, for, for all the reasons I've laid out, it just was not something that made me go doom and gloom. I was just like, oh, well. Yeah, it's just the main problem was the turnovers. They had nine turnovers in that first half, and that's been the problem with them throughout the bubble. They've just turned the ball over so much. Even in this first half against Miami, they just uh, they were just turning the ball over. They were being super careless. How many did they have? They had nine turnovers again in the first half against Miami. So just yeah. taking care of the ball, and that's just leading to easy points for your opposition. That's just it's just basics like you can't turn the ball over that much and you'll be in good games so they had nine turnovers in that first half against Miami they only had uh five if uh yeah 14 minus nine is five yes it is Uh, can confirm yes so they only had five in the second half and they blew the doors off the heat so if you if you just take care of the basketball which is like I said it's been the biggest problem for them so far during the bubble just take care of the basketball and you'll be fine yeah, and the really weird thing is that's like it's a very bud thing to not turn the ball over a lot. Happy birthday to Mike Budenholzer! Yeah, happy birthday to Coach Bud. It's his birthday today. He re- fifty-one, re- I think they said. Honestly, pretty young. Yeah, I thought he He's was pretty younger. accomplished. Yeah. Huh. Well, happy birthday, Coach Bud. Uh, don't we read know the you Discord, Bud. <laughs> we we actually do. Don't read the Discord, but continue listening, please. <laughs> Leave a rating and review. Um, I'm trying to think of where I want to go next. Dante was concerning me a bit in this game, especially early. I know you missed you missed some of the earliest parts of it. Yeah, Dante I missed, was, I missed the first, uh, most of the first quarter. Is, that was a good call by you. Dante was uh, looking kind of rough. I think he redeemed himself a little bit. Pat Connaughton sniped a little bit. You know who I think needs more shots, though? Oh, can I guess? Yeah, I was actually I was going to ask if you would. Is it Marvin Williams? It's actually Wes Matthews, but that's oh. that's also fairly true. Okay. Just Why like West? as a starter and as a guy we know can shoot, I want Wes taking more than three threes in this game. Four total shots. One of them, his his lone two pointer was audacious. Do you remember the shot? It was was it a it was a post move, right? He posted up Duncan Robinson, who's like big and long. I was like, what are you doing? He made it, so I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to question it. If you do it once per game, I can't really get too mad. But just like. 
I know he's like takes up so much of his energy on defense, and, I, and he's a winning player. I think Wes is a winning basketball player. I think he's a 16 game player. He's been the Bucks plus minus god. That continued. Uh, Brooke and Chris were better, but he's still plus 27. Like that defense just carries over to his plus minus in a big, big way. But um, I, I'd like to see him try to get. Try, I'd like to see them try to get him a few more threes. Like. He's a good three-point shooter. I feel like he'd be even better if he was more in rhythm. Still hit two of his three attempts today. But I would like to see a little bit more three balls for Wes Matthews. Give him a reason, an extra incentive to really be in guys' chest on the other side. That's fair. No, he he's he's proven that he is capable of being a good shot maker. So why not give good shot makers more shots? You know, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I guess from there, I, I said Marvin Williams because I wanted to highlight him a little bit. Yeah, Especially, let's talk about Marv. Uh, Yeah, against the Rockets, given it's a weird matchup with the Rockets, and I mentioned this last episode in the sense that he was just trying to get offensive rebounds because he's big. He was doing that in this game too. Even though like the Heat or every team is bigger than the Rockets, but even like the Heat, <laughs> the Heat aren't like huge or anything. But he was still he was still fighting out there. He was getting them good possessions on the offensive boards. And offensive boards usually lead to open threes. And that's usually like when that happens, you're getting especially when you're a team like Milwaukee, getting open threes is just magical, just on free possessions. So that's like if you can get more of that, that's just great. And that's what what uh Marvin Williams provides. Especially in like a limited role like he only took three shots so he has to do what he needs to do for this team that involves not taking as many shots so what does he do he tries to get offensive boards he's diving on the floor trying to get loose balls he's jumping passing lanes he's playing good defense he's you know making good reads on offense even if he's not shooting the ball like he's just he's doing every single little thing and that's what you need in the playoffs no 100 percent, absolutely i agree with you i think some of the things that have stood out to me about Marv, certainly the rebounding, he had seven in 21 minutes, which is like Brooke Lopez had four in his major minutes. And let me be clear, Brooke Lopez could probably grab 10 a night. Like he spends so much of his time on the defensive glass, boxing out and letting guys like Giannis get their rebounds. Not, I mean, Giannis can get rebounds regardless, but you know what I mean? Like Brooke Lopez, it's like the Steven Adams thing. Steven Adams sometimes will be, Somebody like who doesn't really watch a lot of Thunder will point out he has relatively low rebounding numbers sometimes, especially when Russ was there. That man was doing a lot of work to not pull down any statistical rebounds, uh, or not any, but not to pull down the the what he probably earned. I think it's better to look at rebounding rate. So just to quickly defend Brook Lopez, but yeah, his re- Marvin Williams rebounding certainly stands out, especially on the offensive end. The Bucks had. Five total offensive boards in this game. Marvin Williams had two of them himself. And then, like, it's a little thing. I think he's dove to the floor. Like, the he, frequency is yes, so high. Every other game, at least. To be fair, and, everyone is slipping and sliding on these courts, apparently. <laughs> Brooke Lopez oh, yeah. has just fallen down when he's trying to come set a screen. <laughs> it, was just like, it was just funny. It's like America's Funniest Home Videos type funny. Like, it's just it the only thing that would have it would have been funnier if it was Robin, just with the hair. Yeah. For some reason, Robin didn't play. Uh, Do you want? Should we talk about that? I think it was just matchup. Really? Why? So why is Brooke playing 31 minutes? Well, so no disrespect to Robin Lopez. Brooke is better. Yes. Brooke is very, very good. And I think the thinking was 
So you're going to go centerless for they the Bucks wanted to go centerless for a portion of this game, right? Like that was clearly they wanted to to stretch it out a little bit more. Miami is either four out or five out at all times, depending on if they're playing Bam out of bio or Kelly Olynyk, uh, and they're even without Myers Leonard right now. So usually they're even a little bit stretchier. But I, I think the thinking was they they didn't want they wanted some minutes with just no center just to play. I mean, they, they dropped a little bit even with Giannis at center sometimes, but, like, you can switch everything if you need to. Uh, you can trap and just close out on shooters, that kind of stuff. So I think that was the thought process. And then from there, you go, well, do we cut Brooks' minutes and move Robin in? Or do we just excise Robin so Brooke can play his normal minutes load? From a competitive standpoint, I think the right decision is the one that was made. I mean, I don't think we'd see Robin get zero minutes across a whole series against the Heat. I don't think. That would be the case at least. But I, I don't hate the decision-making process to say, well, we're going to keep a guy who I've said and I think has pretty demonstrably been the Bucks' third best guy in the bubble. We're not going to like play him 20 minutes and play Robin 10 minutes just to play Robin. So it's tough for Robin Lopez, but I do see where they're coming from. Yeah, I just like Robin Lopez, even if he's not like – you know, like as small as Urson. I just, I want him on the floor compared to Urson. <laughs> yeah, no, if it's a choice between those two, yeah, for like sure. Urson's playing Lopez. six and a half minutes out there. And what, what, do you have his plus minus? No, uh, he was a minus seven. Like he almost, uh, I, I say this, some people pile on Urson maybe almost to, uh, I have to say almost now because it's gotten even worse, but like almost to an unreasonable extent. I say this with the utmost sincerity as the guy who got the take right about them winning the game today. He almost lost them this game. Like his run, not single-handedly, but kind of single-handedly. Just like, I don't understand the thought process. I agree with you 100%. If you're going to play one of Ursan or Robin, definitely play Robin. He's probably around as savvy on the perimeter as Ursan is. Like against this team of athletes, the Miami Heat, their least athletic guy is Kelly Olenek, who's like not even like a stiff. He's like, for a center, he's, he's mobile. Everybody else on the team yeah, is he's plenty athletic. mobile at grabbing arms and stuff. Yep, don't even get mm. um, not a big not big Kelly Olynyk fans over on this here podcast. No, we do not stand. Um, but everybody else on the team, I mean, the, the guys they have playing four are like Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala. Like these are like high level NBA athletes. Ursan, not a not high that. level, NBA. not that. Not that at all. And I just like. He hit himself in the head with the basketball <laughs> trying to get a rebound the other day. Oh, man. It's just like. And he's he can, he's good at the things he's good at against this, this team. I'm just not interested. Needed. No. Against this team, I, I, don't, I just don't think there's a spot. I mean, do you know how I knew it was bad? I'm trying to remember. I think it was Crowder. Filleted him. Like. A couple of, I mean, it's Jay Crowder. I mean, they, they made memes of the guy playing in Tim's. Like, he's not exactly an elite ball handler, a point forward. And he just, like, had Ursan flopping around out there. Like, it was bad. I, I would rather see no Ursan. Sometimes, I, we're going to have to have a tough Kyle Korver conversation at some point. Korver comes out 0 for 5. Luckily, pretty much, I don't think played again after that unless it was deep in the second half or when I was it driving. Was, it was garbage time. Yeah. So that, who cares about that? But, like I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we saw the hook from Bud. He didn't play a ton of minutes and missed those threes. He missed them pretty quick. I'm glad we saw the hook because, not to be unfair to Kyle Korver, but like if he's gonna hit go 0 for five on threes, there's what just are you no doing reason. Out there? There's yeah, there's just no reason. It's tough, but there's just no reason. So, I, I think there's 
he can he can have a reason. I think in this matchup, Ursan, it's like I don't see it at all. Corver is like a maybe, but if you play him, you have to do what Bud did today. Which if it's not working early, pull the plug and say, Alright, Pat, at least you can like stick like stick around, guys. Yeah, or jump over them. Hey, force him out of bounds. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's justified, man. <laughs> um but yeah, it, it was just weird to see no Robin Lopez minutes. But then Urson zero. It's just I'm trying now that you brought it up. I'm trying to think of any matchup in which I want to see Urson on the floor. Orlando. Why? So you can rest Marvin Williams. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't get it. I really don't get it. And I know Giannis was getting into foul trouble, but like they're just too good to have to play the guy. I mean, especially if you're going to give Corver some run, and I know Robin Lopez was out of this, but you get the starting five. It might have been Jordan. also. It might have been a rest game for Robin as well, considering he did play like 20 minutes against the Nets and Brook had the night off. It could have been like you know half of this, half of that, right? Like, yeah. it's not a great matchup, and we'll just let him let him relax a little bit. He was getting a little heated in the Brooklyn game. He did was not a fan of losing to those Nets. I don't think anyone on the team was, but. You have, you know, the starting five, who is excellent. That's one thing, even, like, in the blowout, like, that was pretty obvious. Like, they're, they're still really good when they play those five together, which is obviously encouraging. Then you have George Hill, Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, Kyle Korver, if you're going to play him, and Marvin Williams. And most nights you have Robin Lopez. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I said Orlando mostly as a joke because, like, who cares about what Orlando's doing? But sorry, Magic fans, you tried. Um, but it's just, like, there's no – like, you can go ten deep. Before, if you can go ten deep before you get to the guy, there's no point to play him in a meaningful basketball game. I'm sorry, Ersan's had some good moments. I think the run, the run is over. I just I don't see the need, I, especially with how athletic pretty much every team the Bucks will play in a serious playoff series. I just don't see it. Marvin Williams is pretty much better in every possible meaningful way. Maybe no, I'm not even gonna say anything. I just think he is. Yeah, and he's starting to get offensive rebounds too, tippins. Like, what do you need Ursan for then? Yeah, he's on Ursan's corner now. Yeah, Ursan taught him too much. And that's the problem. He took over his job. Yeah, that's the that's the danger of being the the wily vet, as if Marvin Williams is like a young guy. Um, <laughs> is Marvin got Williams older than Ursan? Let's not get into any conversation pertaining to Ursan Ilyasova's listed age. Technically, listed age, <laughs> Marvin Williams is older. <laughs> Let's just say that but, and move on. By like um, over a year. Mark's got to start hitting some more threes. What? By like over a year. Yeah, t- technically. It, it, again, Allegedly. It, it's a whole can of worms here. Um, we had some pretty good George Hill. I'm just desperately trying to go anywhere else. Um, <laughs> probably the best he's looked in a while, though. I still don't think it was like a great George Hill game. He's it got to start. But he was that stabilizing force that I was talking yep. about last episode. Yep. He was playing good defense. He, Like I said earlier, he put Tyler Hero in jail, um, <laughs> which is very fun to see because it was just great George Hill defense. Um, but he was just that steady force. He was getting good passes. He had five assists in 23 minutes. I, no, six assists, excuse me. Uh, in 23 and a half minutes, uh, had zero turnovers, had a steal. Um, you know, he put up nine points, and that was seven of eight from the free throw line. So he was, even though he wasn't like getting like um, good shots, he was still like being aggressive. And I know a lot of that came when the Bucks were in the bonus early on in the third quarter. But he was still, you know, willing to draw contact, and he was just he was being that force that was needed when neither Giannis and Chris were on the court. Absolutely, yeah. It was one of those where. He was probably the guy I was most concerned about in the bubble so far. 
Like, it just, he seemed passive to a degree we hadn't seen before. And I think now, the farther we get into this, we're seeing it a little bit more and more across the league. I mean, there's a few guys who maybe have taken a game or two off, like, early and then kind of started to come on. I think especially some of the the veterans just needed a little while to get going. And it, it seems like that was the case for George Hill. But he was probably the one guy where I was like, I just don't like the way he's even approached playing. It's not just the results. Like, it's not just the numbers. I don't care that much about that. Just like his approach was not good. He was way too passive. So this was a very comforting game from that perspective. Now if I see him hit, like, four or five threes in any one of the seeding games, I'll just, like, I'll be 100% content with what we're probably going to get from George Hill in, in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. I just realized we're halfway through the seeding games already. Yeah, it's going quick. It's going quick. I like this idea of doing a pod every two seeding games. Yeah, it's working. I think, uh, but we might have to change it up because is it Dallas then the back to back? Um, I believe so. Actually, we might not have to change it up because recording after Toronto makes a lot more sense than recording after Washington. Yeah, who cares about the Wizards? Sorry, so let's, Wizards let's, fans. Uh, I don't. I don't think Wizards fans care about. Well, Thomas Bryant's done some stuff, and Troy. Let me not get into minutia. Um, <laughs> Is there anything else from this game or these last two games you want to talk about, or should we quickly glance forward at the the rest of the seeding game uh, schedule? I think I think we can look forward. I think we can too. I think I, th- I feel good. We've we've gone over a lot of stuff from this last this last two games. So Dallas is up next. Dallas not been very good in the bubble so far. No, they really haven't, and they have a um. They currently have a close game against the Clippers as we're recording this. Uh, they're up two with 27 seconds left in the first half. Um, oh, but, fun. Yeah, but they haven't had a good run of it. They, I think they're one and two, if I remember Yeah, I think, I think they blew two clutch games and then finally did really well in clutch minutes in their third game. But I know that had been a story. Like, Luca until the third game, was like 0 for 10 on clutch shots in the whole regular season. That had been kind of a bugaboo for them. So that's going to be something to watch for sure. Um not a great matchup for the Bucks with how they play offense, but they're also they're hurting right now. They're Seth Curry set out this Clippers game. They're obviously without uh, Kleba. Yeah, Kleba's the one who's hurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I think some they have some other injuries too. So that that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how much both teams play, especially with Dallas being beat up. Because I mean, a lot depends on this Clipper game. But if they lose this and and some stuff happens at the middle of the West. I think they're going to wind up where they're pretty much 7th no matter what. Yeah, I think they almost are basically 7th, given how the race for the 8th is in the West is turning into just how many games can everyone lose except for the Phoenix <laughs> Suns, apparently. No, we- yeah, they, the 8th the, the was out of it, and I think they're closer to 6th than 8th, but I don't think they're going to do that either. Yeah, I think they're basically locked into 7 unless something wild happens. Yeah. Um, so they, I think they, they're realizing that they're probably going to play the Clippers in the first round. Um, but who knows, maybe they give one more go at it against Milwaukee. And we know, even though it's not going to be a matinee game, uh, is it? I, I thought they were done with those, but the Wizards one might be now that I think about it. Yeah, but we, we know those Dallas matinee games really upset <sighs> Milwaukee a lot. Those Sunday afternoon starts. Oh. Like, honestly, I can't believe they won an afternoon start. That's the most surprising thing out of all of this. Yeah, just like no Giannis without a nap. It was wild. He may, Maybe he's actually finally conquered uh, not having a nap, which is, just means <sighs> it's over. It's, yeah, it's over for the league if he doesn't need his nap anymore. Mm-hmm. And imagine Bigger if, than the if he doesn't need a nap. Imagine what happens when he does have a nap. 
Oh, wow. That's gal- you galaxy brain me. I didn't even think of that. Wow. Uh, I, I had to do it to you. Um, but I, I don't know. It might be close against the Mavericks. I don't think it matters anymore, considering that I don't even think we touched on this. The... We have not. We have not said it yet. I was just thinking about that when we talked about Dallas being locked in the seventh. Yeah, the Bucks. The Bucks clinched the number one seed in the East. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just like it was. It was almost a certain bet. I mean, I was. I was reaching out to people on Twitter. Who were like when the Nets like during the net people got pretty despondent during the Nets game and it carried over to the the first part of the Miami game, and I I, I get that like they they played terrible they turned the ball over too much even for not playing their guys like they didn't play up to standards I get it but where I drew the line was what if they fumble away the first I was like it's almost impossible it might as well be impossible I mean maybe Toronto will win every single seeding game because they're just ridiculous lately very very good team we might have been a little too low on the Raptors. I but, said they were the better than Boston in terms of being a content. Um, uh, what's the word? Competitor to a threat the to the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. We also did compare them to the DeRozan Raptors. I stand by that. <laughs> All right. I'm not. I'm just not going to touch it. I don't know. It's I kind of. Like, I, you know, I, I see. I see the vision. season team. I see the vision. I see the vision. I. I don't know. They. They, they might just be good, but whatever. Um, yeah, we'll find out. Regular season. That's true. That is true. Um, <laughs> we'll find out though. The but we'll we'll talk to you after that game. But there was, I mean, the Bucks had the first seed coming into the bubble. We all knew, and now it's officially official. We'll see now if Toronto stops playing their guys like forty minutes a game, which is kind of nuts in these seeding games. They really went from what did I zero to a hundred. Regular season, baby. <laughs> You you are prepared to die on this hill, and I'm all the way here for it. After my actions today, how could I possibly blame you? <laughs> We're on our hills together. Hey, you know what? I'm just I'm feeding off your confidence. You know, I'm just throwing <laughs> these. T- I'm prepared for Raptors fans to you know record this and just tweet at me. So, oh, well, they will. Yeah, no, I'm. I, yeah, I'm expecting it. Come, come yeah. at us. Thanks for listening. Um, yep. Please subscribe and, and drop a rating and review. Just give us five stars so we keep doing this, so you have more takes to dunk on. Or at least try to dunk it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we have the Raptor game um, on Monday at five thirty, and okay. then back to back Tuesday Wizards at eight, and then they still don't have a time for that Grizzlies game. Oh yeah, I I see. Remember I, I, when we did the first schedule breakdown? My take was, despite Milwaukee obviously having the first seed locked up, check by that point it would still be a primetime game because of Memphis. That might still be the case, but Memphis might be out of contention by then. Yeah, they're zero and four. I mean, they still—they're terrible. Even if they still win like two games of their four, I think they're still in the play-in um, because they did have like a four-game lead coming in. So I they think, better start getting a win if they're going to yeah, win too. Taylor Jenkins, come on, man! You're you're representing Milwaukee a little bit. <laughs> they um, are beat up. In fairness, uh, yeah. they just lost Jaron Jackson yeah. Jr. But they were losing before that as well. Yeah, but um, just the Jaron injury is just terrible. Yeah, um, it's brutal. Hope he gets better That's... soon. Apparently, they're hoping he might not need surgery. I really? mean, Woj made it sound yeah. Woj made it sound like it was going to be doom and gloom. He's actually hanging out in the bubble with them for now. I think they're determining how it is. But it's, since it's a meniscus, I think those typically are not too long term. So hopefully. By whenever the hell next season picks up, he'll be all set. But Woj just tweeted it as out for the season, which for Memphis is like 
you know, three weeks or if that. So I think the tweet made it sound a little more bad than it is. But, yeah, hopefully he recovers soon. But that, that Western Plains, if it's like Portland-Phoenix, and we're, we're over time, and this has nothing to do with the Bucks. This will not impact the Bucks in any way outside of Phoenix being Bucks killers. Phoenix is so fun right now. Yeah, they have, have Cam Johnson actually doing things. Like, Devin Booker's hitting game winners over Paul George. Like And Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. At the same time. Just absolutely wild. Yeah, by the way, everyone, if you if you weren't aware, Kawhi and PG were playing for the Clippers and they lost to the Suns. Where's the reaction? <laughs> yeah. Where, How about the Lakers? Where's the madness? How about the Lakers? Who, who just dusted the Lakers? Yeah, uh, the Thunder. 19. The Thunder. Absolutely destroyed them. LeBron yeah. and AD both but played. But it's okay. Yeah. The, the Bucks didn't play their starters the second half. Or like two of their starters the whole game. And they lost to the hot net, so that means they're done. I am glad you brought this up. Because I meant to lead with this, and I got caught up in my own hubris, which does happen to me probably a little bit too often. We're not going to cover that right now. That's been frustrating, man. And I get it, kind of. But it's like, outside of us... Bucks fans don't even really talk that much crap. Like, I feel like we're probably the worst. I don't even think we're that bad. But it's just, like, most of the rest of, like, Bucks content makers, I feel like pretty pretty much just, like, enjoying the Bucks. Not really out here aggressively tweeting at people. I mean, fans will be fans. But I don't know. I just feel like people come for the Bucks at the first opportunity hard. And then Dave DeFore tweeted this. Friend of the Bucks, Dave DeFore, shouts to him tweeted where's all these takes about milwaukee now i saw plenty in the first half about how they're cooked they're done it's over saw the same things when they lost to brooklyn despite all the extenuating circumstances you already mentioned not seen a lot about how they're true contenders again now after just demolishing a very good heat team for a half but ty the raptors are so good they're actually uh, a contender ty you know i almost feel bad for the raptors because they are good and bucks people are getting fired up about all these takes because they are ridiculous i saw Who was it? I think it was actually Toronto and Miami, a tweet that was getting a bunch of circulation. Those are the most complete teams in the East. Nobody else is close. And I was like, what? Because of the Brooklyn game or two minutes against the Rockets? Like, that's all it takes to not even be top two complete teams in the East? Like, just ridiculous stuff. I, You know, I really think it's fear. Like, I think. I think everybody's kind of aware the Bucks might have turned that corner to where they just, like, finally are the juggernaut people thought they were last year. So I think some of it is, like, the built-in, their frauds, reflex from last season. I think some of it is, like, especially these teams in the East, I think they can kind of feel it coming. Like, oh, if they, if, like, if Giannis resigns there and they keep building around him, they clearly figured out how to do it really well. I think it's, like, you there's don't a lot a of relief. Anymore. Exactly. The window is shut. I think there's a lot of relief. Like when it looks like the Bucks are done, right? It's like this relief. Like maybe we can get to the finals we'll and lose there in the next five years. Because I think they they're also conditioned from LeBron to not really having a shot for the last better part of the last decade. That it's like we can't have this happen again. They need to fail. So just know that hey. your tier to quote a terrible person from NBA Twitter, your tears are PEDs to me. I completely forgot about that person. I think I muted them. Good. I muted them or blocked them a while ago. It's a good, good take. Terrible person. Solid, solid quote. Probably stolen from somewhere else. But that's how I feel about that. Yeah. Hey, it's okay when you build a team uh, to beat Milwaukee. You know what they do, Ty? <laughs> they they <laughs> become they the sixth seed and lose to and and they give T.J. Warren fifty three points. 
Oh my goodness! Mm. Best wishes to Ben Simmons. Oh yeah, I guess. Who, yeah, who, I, I, I did. I forgot we, we, to consider that. I, I know you weren't. You weren't going after after him. We're not. We're not glad to see no, any injuries. Obviously, no. Best of wishes course. to Ben Simmons. Hope he gets healthy yeah. soon because it's just it's so much more fun when everyone's healthy. Yeah, a little bit worried about that with their medical staff. Yeah, it's a little bit concerning to have, and they're like making decisions on if they're what they're gonna do, how when he's gonna come back. Get a second opinion, Ben Simmons. Yeah, please. You have Just the most, see somebody yeah, else. You have the most powerful agency behind you. Get your own yeah. uh, medical medical advice. <laughs> I mean, it's just like we've seen some things go south with Joel Embiid, and he's still playing at a high level right now. But he's been I insane. Wonder... Just the rest of the team is just buns. <laughs> yeah, Al Horford, baby. Hey, what is it? Giannis over a hundred million dollars over the next three years. Yep, Giannis. I think it's four actually. Giannis stopper, Al Horford. Everybody's a Giannis stopper now, except yeah, when Giannis, the, the games bam, are being played. You know, they just get dunked on. But apparently, that's stopping Giannis. Thirteen for thirteen from within the arc. Mm-hmm. Good job, Ben. Shut him Good down. Good job. Whatever his actual name is, I forgot. Marcus Johnson was talking about that. Like, oh, uh, what? I, I don't even know. But, like, you can call him by his actual name, not Bam, because he's not having that impact or something to that. Uh, oh, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. You, so I lied. You okay. Firing this kid. Okay, I lied. So, not not everyone else speaking about the Bucks is, is maybe so. Uh, so. I don't even know what the right word is. Well behaved. Uh, maybe maybe Marcus is also out here. Yeah, Marcus Marcus is all the way out here. Um, shots to but Marcus. he brings that same energy for everyone. Yeah, to he be does. fair, he'll yeah yeah he'll t- he'll take on anyone, and it's Marcus Johnson. Yeah, legend. Yes. Where where are we right now? I don't know. I I, I think we're at the conclusion. I think we just wandered around for ten minutes in the midst of our Bucks destroy the Heat. It was high. a fun game. What can we say? It was a fun game. Ah, uh, so are we are we done here then with whatever this yeah. last part of this thing was? We're done here. This Shout out to everyone who listened to this whole episode. We appreciate and respect you all for we making do. it through. And if you did especially enjoy this episode, please leave a like and subscribe on your pat- podcast platform of choice. Yeah, good job, me. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep. Make sure you tell all your family and friends about the show. And check out all of the great content being put out across the Blue Wire Network. Uh, We've got some fun uh, seeding games that we highlighted earlier that are going to be coming up. We're going to be recapping those in the next few episodes. And then it's playoff time, baby. So make sure you stay tuned for our next episode of the Eurostep. And until then, we will talk to you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.